Hello, hello. Good afternoon from Vancouver, Canada. This is the Mindful Steward podcast. And my name is Sean Grabowski. I'm just signing on here to share a new episode. So my partner Brooke and I decided to hop on a Zoom call with a good friend of mine, Chris Evans, who's also quickly becoming the fan favorite guest on my podcast. We've had some pretty great conversations online and we regularly have them offline. So this was a catch up just to chat with him and hear what he's up to and also to record a little something for the podcast. Overall, our conversation ended up being mostly about, I would say, how to optimize your everyday life for greater self-awareness and authenticity and just given that I recently quit my day job to focus on my businesses and both of them are entrepreneurs, there was a, a large angle of how that can help when growing a business and how you know maintaining authenticity and the main purpose and goal of your company alongside mindset work and making sure you're taking care of yourself are important things when growing your own company. So we discuss those topics. Social media, of course, always gets touched on whenever there's a conversation between us three and a bunch of other topics that are, you know, spin-off subjects of those. So without further ado, I'm just going to hit play. You might notice the audio is not as good as normal. We did have some technical difficulties on Brooke and I's side of the Zoom call, but we made it work as best we could. And I'm going to post it anyway because it's all about the conversation. Better audio is the bonus, and I will focus on that for future episodes so that it doesn't happen again. If you are interested in learning more about either of these two, Brooke does have another round of her program, her certification program for NLP and teaching people how to grow and launch coaching businesses. And Chris is launching tons of new music videos and videography content as always. So I'll share the links to how you can follow those two or stay up to date with them in the description. And as always, if you'd like the podcast, feel free to subscribe and there will be more content coming out down the line. Totally sure how to introduce this because this is the first episode I've ever done like this with Brooke and you. Dr. Evans, couples yeah. therapy. We're live. Yeah. Yeah. The people are gonna ask the questions. We're gonna we're gonna do it. Exactly. Um, and this is gonna be on the Mindful Steward podcast, and most likely it might be on Brooke's podcast as well. Which are you is that created Mind Academy podcast or is it no. still the Brooke Alexander? No, it's called Of Course You Did. Oh yeah, it's called Of Course You Did. I forgot. Of course, you did forget that, Sean. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I forgot that. Here we come. This is why we're come on, live. There are millions of so people watching. Mess it up like that. <laughs> Guess not. Yeah, um, dude, like number one podcast in the world. Here we are live. I think you just did the intro. Yeah, you did. You did. Okay. That was a good we're intro. Good. We're good. Yeah. All right. So, I guess for anybody who doesn't know. Um, Brooke and I actually met through my podcast and we did well, a mutual episode. Well, well, we met on Bumble. Let's okay. be honest. Oh, okay. so no 
don't forget the bumblebee, bro. Come on. We did, we did meet on Bumble. Um, You're buzzing I, around. I always, It's so funny because to me, I thought that our Bumble chat was purely just about business. It was like, oh, yeah, podcasts. We'll be friends and we'll do stuff. And then, oh, I swipe right on that buddy with the blue shorts on. No shadow. Oh, oh, yeah. I love that photo of him, actually. I have it printed out and signed downstairs. I need to get some. Oh, wow. The Bumblebee. I was just on Bumble for business, purely business. Yeah, I know. Last, you know. I know. <laughs> Be business. Yeah. The honey I, business. I can't defend myself in this. <laughs> like, obviously, I was on there for a purpose. And it worked out. So whatever. To, to find. Oh, look at that. Look at that purpose. I'm going to call Bumble headquarters and tell them. Yeah. No, I need to be a Bumble influencer. Oh, I need man. to get paid from it. Yeah. I talk about it. Enough. That's the next step. You guys are true love from it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. There you go. Literally. Like, they like hearing that. They're like, wait, our app made you two humans meet? Wow. They do love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyways, back to Okay, back to, the, <laughs> back to the podcast episode. I was nervous about uh, including Brooke in this, but I feel like it will turn out good once we talk. Did you guys get your cootie shots or just want to make sure we got cootie shots here? Because like girls, guys, I don't know. Cootie shots? No, we're vulnerable. Show of hands? Hand check? Vulnerable. We wear masks. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Perfect. We wear masks at the gym. We're we're fine. Okay. There's masks on currently. (laughs) Copy that. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyways. So basically... You're my good friend, Chris, for anybody who doesn't know, videographer, um, director, writer as well these days. And wow. I'm sure, you know, you've got more business ventures in the works that I'm curious to hear about. You just mentioned to me this morning. And Brooke has a company running NLP training and teaching people how they can scale their coaching businesses and work with clients better. And they get certified in NLP, EFP, and hypnosis, clinical hypnosis, so that they can know how to work with people's subconscious mind better. Because, you know, when it comes to that mindset work in any business in that space, everything comes down to mindset. And a lot of that stuff is subconscious. So you really get a lot more out of it by working at that level. And she has the third round of her program coming up. So we're talking about that. And I am... I guess my life changes so rapidly, it feels like, especially during COVID. But over the last five years, I've had this mindfulness podcast. And more recently, it turned into a business teaching mindfulness lessons to work teams. And from there, I left my job to pursue that. And I've also started growing my marketing agency, which seems to be growing a little more quickly. So I'm doing both of those things now. Um, So I thought that this would be an interesting time and an interesting group of people to talk about mindset in business and also mindfulness. Cause I'm just curious to hear about you diving into mindfulness because I know you have basically read the book that gets everyone super into it. So I'm curious. To hear oh, about that. Read all the books now at this point. Oh yeah. Amazing book. And the book is the power of now for anyone who hasn't heard of it or who has heard of it. But that book got me into mindfulness, literally was my wake-up call into diving into all of this stuff, into mindset, mindfulness, neuroscience, all of that. I think, Brooke, when we first did the first podcast, and I think the first date we had, you told me the exact same thing. It was Mm -hmm. your wake-up call. Um, Yeah, but I didn't understand it when I first read it. 
my cousin told me to read it after a breakup and I read it and it, I just did not understand it. Didn't understand it. Didn't know what he meant by focus on the present moment. I didn't know what he meant by like any of it. Didn't get it. Right. And, then, and then a few years later, I got it. It's a tough it's read. The right timing, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and now you've read it and you and I have always been talking about mindfulness, more like concepts of mindfulness and and one thing that I've really realized just through even having you as a friend and a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurial in general, um, who are growing pretty decent sized operations and, and doing really interesting things, they all do some kind of mindset work. So I'm not even totally sure how to start this conversation, but like when you talk about, you know, Tyler, he's scaling a tech company right now. He's super into mindfulness. A lot of his friends doing the same thing are very into mindset training and just like, they're just conscious of self-awareness and they're always self-analyzing. And, and Andy does it um, in his own way. He does a lot of reading and personal development stuff. And Brooke does it. I'm obsessed with it. I think I'm actually like almost slowing down with that stuff a little bit lately, which is nice, but I'm curious, maybe either of you have an idea of how to start this, but I'm curious mm-hmm. where you think that fits in with, with business and what you're doing. I want to know, Chris, is what you do, Chris, to keep your mind on track. I mean, great intro, by the way. That was awesome. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, mindfulness is kind of like the base foundation for any sort of life at all it's like you have to just be mindful of who you are know your truth know your values and then that can elevate over time and then you can make a business out of it you can have a really successful relationship out of it it's kind of like it works in every area um and for me i might have been kind of one of the few people in my friend group who at a young age really loved to like i really knew what i loved i think that I was, I almost saw it as a career before it was even a conversation. And then that conversation was always like, oh, are you sure? Like, there's no money in that. Like, are you going to, you know, it's a comp- that's high, it's high competition. It's a lot. You should get a part-time job. Just like, just get a job and you can do it for a hobby. It's a hobby. And then now it's like labeled hobby. And, you know, some of my friends, some of the homies still, I don't even know if it's an insult or a compliment anymore. I just, I like it. It's like, oh, you don't work. You just have a hobby. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. Um, But it all kind of stemmed from just finding out who I am through trial and error of doing something I loved. So no matter what, at the end of the day, if I failed or succeeded, I always fell back on, wait, what am I doing? And then what I was doing was creating content, making videos, telling stories, if that was a wedding, if it was an event, if it was a you know interview with a company, they all kind of fell under the same umbrella, I guess, or and they all hit the ground in the exact same, I don't know, thing. It was all about the love of video. And that was my passion. So it was like my I knew my passion at a young age. I figured it out. I invested in it. I doubled down on it, no matter what. And I just stuck to it. So for me, that's my story. I think a lot of people have an opposite story where they're like, I have no idea what I love. I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am, but that is just, you're on the other end, meaning you don't know who you are and you don't know what you like because maybe you didn't give yourself a chance to like even say to yourself it's possible. Cause I think when you're an artist, which I believe, so we talk about books power of now is like actually new for me. I just read that a couple months ago. 
but I've had you and other friends be like, oh, this is like the Bible of everything for mindfulness. And I, I would agree. I think it's like a good summary of everything you need to know. Um, for me, The Artist's Way was my book that kind of hit me hard last year where it leveled me and it grounded me and it by Julia Cameron and it, to, it told me about it's okay to be an artist and that actually you're supposed to be an artist. So anyways, I can ramble on about this, but that's kind of the base foundation of, I think, how I do things. So I have a purpose that I strive for every day that's rooted in the same passion. And what do you do on those days or times when you kind of feel your mindset um, drifting or like maybe it's more disempowering than empowering? Yeah, uh, which is potentially every day. Um, the difference is like, you're going to be overwhelmed. Like if you're doing something you love, you're naturally going to get better at it. Cause you're always going to just want to learn more and fail harder and do better. So for me, it was just a matter of like, I have a to-do list every morning, like every morning, actually I try and do it at night now. So it's like, I prep it for the next day. So I just come upstairs and I have this, like, literally it's always open right here on my desk. And it's, it's just a to-do list. And I've, I've forced myself to just star the most important things like you know that call this video edit whatever and then on, and then I'll put like an arrow between everything that's not that important like but it's important like eat food <laughs> shower exercise like I actually write those because it's good to know like oh wow I haven't eaten today oh I probably should shower I smell bad um and it's one of those things that I think consistently every day I always cross off I even add things on that I've already done and then cross it off it's like a weird habit now but one thing that really changed a lot of my mental state in a good way was morning pages are called. And that's from the artist way. And it's basically journaling. So every day, the first thing I do, I don't grab my phone. I don't even grab water. I come upstairs. I sit by my window. I open a blank page on my book and I just write whatever it is. Sometimes it's a dream I had. Sometimes it's like a thought that's been bugging me. But I think the ultimate therapy for every human is to just write on a blank page every day. Because every morning, if you start with focusing on yourself, before you open your phone, your emails, your, even to say hi to your partner, I think it's more important for you to just level yourself out, puke it out on paper. And then through that, you're naturally gonna have some sort of therapy to start your day. Then you can kind of say, oh, I, I was thinking about the, like I end up writing rants about random things or the same thing. And then you see the patterns and you're kind of like, okay, well, this is the big area in my life I need to work on or whatever. So that's kind of the long winded answer, but pages to do lists being organized is always priority. Yeah. And that, that really like becomes a tool that creates self-awareness too, because that's where self-analysis happens. You just take a few moments to understand what's going on with you and that can go a long way. Um, I've mentioned it in so many of my other episodes too, but I think, there's a lot, that's a huge thing you hear from a lot of people is that they don't know what they want or they don't know what they like. They don't know who they are. That's a huge one. And it's an interesting topic because you know, most people know what they like and what they don't like. That is who you are. It's yeah. deep down. It's just, have you ever given your permission? Like, let's say you work a day job and I actually like skateboarding as an example, because I find this really interesting moving from Ontario to Vancouver, where we live. 
you go to the skate park and there's 40 year old men skateboarding everywhere. And they're like professionals. They're people with careers, homes, cars. They're just, it's just their activity. But in Ontario, it's a little different. There's almost this like subtle social pressure that once you're an adult, skateboarding's for kids. Like, what are you still skateboarding for? So I think that's a good example here because it's like, there are some people who might be 25 or something. They're at that cusp where people just stop skateboarding if they live in Ontario. Right. And, but if you're somebody who likes skateboarding, you know that makes you happy. Self-awareness is just understanding what you like, what makes you feel good inside, and giving yourself permission to experience more of that. Um, and it's as simple as that. I think most of us are just like, well, I like that thing, but I can't really do that. It's like, why can't you do that? You can do it. Yeah. That is yeah. how you create a unique you life for yourself that you like, that is, that's right for you, you know? That's the important, I, that's the most, that example is probably one of the best examples you could give because like skateboarding culturally is just like a, you know, thing kids do and they start trouble and there's all these like, you know, examples, why not to, mm-hmm. but like video games used to be like that. And now there's kids 12 years old, making millions of dollars on YouTube just from playing them and other kids are watching them. And then they have kids on YouTube opening toys. They don't even, can't even speak. And they're opening a toy and they're getting millions of dollars on YouTube. The world's your oyster. The information age is here. Internet's here. No one can hide from who they are. It's just a matter of time until when do you reach that? So it's like, yeah, you, you, a hobby is now a sustainable career. In the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, we didn't have the internet. We had laneways that you would choose and those laneways you'd have an elder tell you well this is what you're going to do to get there 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 and there and they know like 30 steps ahead and if you don't follow that little chain of you know you get the go to school you get the diploma you get the job you get the the girlfriend you get the wife you get the kid you get the house like we've heard it a million times but if you don't do that you're doing something wrong so i think a lot of people do the routine and then they hit a point where probably in their 50s and now more earlier because of the internet, they realize, wait, I never really liked this job or worse. I never really liked this person or I never really liked myself. And it's like, well, it's not that complicated to just admit it. Actually, no, it is very complicated to admit that. But I, I think once you realize it's just all about being honest and being truthful and just kind of like, if I like to skateboard, I'm going to go skateboard and I need to skateboard in order for me to focus on work. So that's like the ultimate thing. It's super important to skateboard. <laughs> Actually, Jordan Peterson, one of the rules is like, don't bother your kid when he's skateboarding or something. Yeah. Or let them skateboard because. Yeah. Like let them skateboard. It's high risk, but high reward. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're learning a hard activity and they're developing courage and they're developing their own personality. Yes. And you should let kids skateboard because of that. Like those kinds of things are good for kids. It's ironic. Eating dirt as a baby is healthy. Being like, like, like gut microbiome, gut health is so important, but no one would know this because it's like, oh, my baby, oh, it's gross. It's, it's like, no, like let them be dirty. Like there's some, there's like, it's a connection to that, like to nature. You're like, wait a minute. So it's healthy for a baby to just get really dirty and like even eat the dirt, eat the bugs. It's like, yeah, it's good actually. Not, not only is it good, it's healthy and yeah. it and it builds them. It helps them with stress when they're older. And Builds it's like them. little things like that. You just don't know. But it, you have to think the parent giving the kid Lysol wipes every two seconds to clean him, to make him safe. 
that's a scared parent. She's not living healthy. She's living in fear. So all her decisions to this kid, it's going to impact the kid without her even knowing. And then she's going to be, well, why is my kid like this? So well, you've been literally cleaning her with Lysol wipes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. An example. It's funny you mentioned that book because Brooke is reading that right now. Yeah. Which one? The Jordan Peterson one. Oh, nice. The 12 rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I I want your opinion on it. It's a very like male book. Like I think on the surface, it's like guys kind of are like, yeah, it's the best book. And then a lot of girls that I've talked to, they're like, they either don't like it or they're like, they have their own take on it, which is, I would love yeah. to hear that. I mean, I mean, I think I'm in that third chapter or the fourth one. And it's, I forget it's what big. it is now because he goes so for so long. I, I know even about, but it's something about like kids. I can't even remember. It's not oh, yeah, yeah. There's also a smaller version that I ended up getting. It's so funny because I have the big one. It took me months to read it. And then there's a small one that's like a pamphlet. And it just goes through the 12 rules and it just hits all the marks. Because yeah. he rants. That's the thing about him. Oh, my gosh. So much rants. But uh, it's it's okay. I don't know. I mean, he's talking about, like, how to treat your children and, like, punish them and, and like, oh, yeah. discipline them, which is fine. Like, I'm for that whatever I don't have a problem with that but like, I'm like oh, do I care about reading about this right now like I don't have children <laughs> so I'm like I can't relate to this I don't care right um uh, but and sometimes like I read a sentence out loud to show like last night or the night before like I did not understand what the sentence was like it was I I don't know what it what it was it was just a whole bunch of words together in a sentence that didn't mean anything there's so right. many of those in the book where I'm just like I I don't know what am I even reading right now I'm skipping over chunks don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, they're all very, like, that's, I mean, they're very worded in a way that's like, well, that kind of like is different. And then you read into it, but yeah, it's a lot to observe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's interesting. Well, he, he, he definitely is one of those super intellectuals who uses words and phrases and he goes on tangents and then he connects them all back to something at the end and it goes right over your head a lot of time. <laughs> But it's more like the premise of the chapter mm -hmm. that you get at the end of the day. I liked the first one, the lobster one. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. Like well, the physicality of literally standing up straight and like how we're always slouch and yeah, like don't look at people. Like, for me, what resonated the most was assigning yourself a a, a place in the dominance hierarchy mm. and like allowing other people to assign you that. And I think for me, what I what I got from that chapter was that because I was probably because I was bullied, I don't really know. But I was bullied a lot in school, so I assigned myself a low dominance, a low number in the dominance hierarchy and always felt like other people were like better than me, more successful than me. I had to try harder. I wasn't ever going to be good at what I do. Like, don't even bother trying because you're not going to get anywhere. Like, all that bullshit. So that, like, that really resonated with me. I know that exact feeling too, 100%. And that's what it is. It's like when you're in your adulthood, you're realizing all that trauma from trauma from when you're a kid, like the bullying, the insecurities, it all comes from being put down. Even just one word, one memory uh, that will like stain you until you figure out, oh, it was that kid on the schoolyard who said my nose looks weird. <laughs> I'm like, now, now that's where my whole insecurity and my looks are. Like it's literally rooted in a very, it's always specific. It's never yeah. like you suck. It's like your eyes are weird. It's like what? And then you just never unhear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's man. where you're like your story is super interesting with that too. Um, 
like how you talked about how you didn't really have like I don't know you've spoken to me about this a bunch and I think in, yeah. in our last episode about how you had just because you were raised by a single mother you sometimes approach certain things in a way that or you did when you were a younger man a younger guy basically you didn't you had the feminine perspective of everything because you kind of didn't have a father in your life as much and it's right. interesting how you you kind of tie that back to your stuff too Oh, hundred percent. Well, it's like you, all, you know, is from how you're raised. And when, you know, going through, I was raised on a farm with a father and a mother until I was like seven. So like the core development years, I had this outdoor, I had like 200 acres. I was an outdoor kid. I used to get dirty, eat mud, all that. That was me. And then we moved to the city and yeah. So it's like, my mom is like the strongest woman I know. And she's gone through so much. But through that, seeing that whole journey of her from the beginning, like she's a cancer survivor, she went through divorce, she had miscarriages, it's like all these things. It's like, I think I got a lot of my confidence and strength from that, but I didn't understand that until now. I didn't realize I had that strength and confidence. Then I was like, oh, wait, there it is. And I'm like, oh, where's that from? It is from my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just like, she's a codependent. I'm a codependent naturally. And that's what always led us to trial and error really like when I think about bullying I always think like I was a sensitive kid I was in grade two three four five bullied I transferred schools like four or five times I don't know if people know this a lot and it was due to bullying and a lot of those people I still know to this day um and it's one of those things where my mom would try her best to be like I want to pull my son out and give him a fresh opportunity but then I go to this new school and I'm this new kid in the middle of the year and everyone's like who's the new kid and then like now they start picking on me and I would react. I would overreact. I would get like angry and emotional if someone came at me. I mean, not initially, but it would like, you know, two, three times, two, three pokes, I would pop. Um, and I was like, when I, the only time, the last time I ever fought someone was in like grade six of the school year, not even like grade five. So I haven't punched a guy in the face since. So uh, it's just funny because now looking back, I was like, I was just so, I didn't know who I was. I, I had so much insecurity because I didn't have anyone to really, I don't know, open up to about it, I guess. I was an only child. So there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a million things, there's a million factors, but it's good to just now in your 20s, figure it all out slowly, but surely. And then keep reminding yourself, you have time. Like it's all about the journey of figuring it out. Like if I figure it all tomorrow, then I'm like, okay, well now what? I figured it out. It's like, no, it's never going to be like that. Yeah. When we're young, like we're only, even our parents are young, really, like in the grand scheme of things, it's for some reason between 10 and 25, it's like this figure out your life. And it's like, I'm not even developed until I'm 25. Like brains aren't even developed till they're 25. Yeah. So it's just culture, just trying to shape and mold people in a route that's caters to the culture, caters to the, you know, the suits, to the money, to the, like, it's easy to trick people at a young age. And that's what they do really well. But now because of information and YouTube and these long format conversations, I'm very curious to see the evolution of humans in the next 50 years. It is going to be super interesting. Um, I don't even know where it's going to go, but to Mars, man, I'm sure Mars has something to do with it. (laughs) It is, it is interesting though. Like on the topic of having a mindset for business, like it takes a lot of 
courage and 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 again, I'm bringing this back to my data about the friends I have who are doing very well with their own companies. They invest in themselves in a lot of different ways. And I'll just say a little bit more about my story because I think it's interesting. We all have different entry points into this. You somehow knew exactly what you wanted and had the courage to go for it from a young age. Like that is a rare thing. Even Andy, who has never really worked for somebody else, he's always worked for himself. I know his story pretty well. And he kind of, he wanted to be a snowboarder. He wanted to have a whole different path. And then he kind of stumbled into videography and it just worked out really well. And he really enjoyed it. It just, the timing and the the circumstances were well aligned. And I knew before I even started taking my career seriously, I worked at a bank for one year, hated it, knew immediately that I wanted to work for myself. I knew that I'm a hard worker, but I have to be in the right environment. The right reward system has to be there. And be, being my own boss has that entire reward system. But I had no, I did not have the courage to do it. It took me years of mindset work and truly like diving into mindfulness stuff, really working on myself, trying to make myself chase out the harder things in life so that I could be one of those people who just, I see a hard thing and I don't hesitate. And I took a long time to get here, as you know. You were saying right from the start, just do it, man. Just start an agency tomorrow. But I wasn't there mentally. And yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't have done it then, realistically. I did not have the resilience mentally. And I know Brooke's story is even a little different as well, where I don't think you sound like, I'll let you tell it. But from what you've told me, you didn't really know right at the start that you wanted that either. You were doing other things. You worked for Apple. You went to school for environmental science. Ooh. And you kind of came across this idea that you could maybe do this work for yourself. And it, for me, like when I was in school, I had no um, discipline so much or like push from my parents to be academic. And I wasn't a bad kid, so I didn't really need to be disciplined. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like getting in trouble, but like I didn't have any push from them to be good at things, to stick to things, to commit to things, to try extra curricular activities to do things that were hard I finished grade 12 and decided not to go to university and I was going to work instead and I worked in offices just doing reception and then I went to school for fashion design for a bit and then started working at Apple and then worked there full-time but like never had any kind of future plans or ideas on what I wanted to do with my life and who I wanted to be like I liked fashion, but I didn't like fashion design school. And I, I didn't have any direction, like none, no clue. And then I came to Canada, kept working for Apple. And then I decided to go to university. That's when I decided to go to university for environmental science. And I was like, I'll be a consultant. I'll do environmental stuff in Australia. It'll be great. I, I love it. I loved environmental science at university. I loved what I did, but I still never had that like I think it was because I kept on coming back to Canada that I was like, I never got a job in environmental science. If I was in Australia long-term, I would probably have stayed there, gotten a job in environmental science, but it didn't work out like that. Kept on coming back to Canada, working in restaurants. And then that's when I started working out and watching YouTube videos and saw that people were being coaches online and coaching other people. And I was like, well, I could do that. But it was never about working for myself for me. It was never like, 
I mean, I'm not a very good, I'm a good employee, but I like to do things my own way. So I, whenever I am the employee, I'm always like the one who kind of slowly rises up and is like, okay, this needs to happen and you need to do this and we need to change this. Like, that's just always what I do. I always seem to like kind of, I don't know, like to control things, but I always, I also have a really good, um, I don't know what the word is. It's not like, I don't know what the word is, but anyway, I'm always like organizing and planning and doing things. Um, so I've lost my train of thought, but it was never about working for myself. It was just about like doing something. I never had a plan of what I wanted to do. And then I kind of just fell into it. And now that I'm in it, I couldn't, I don't think I could go back to being an employee. Yeah. And which is totally fine. It's like for people who are employees, there's nothing at all wrong with that. Like I need employees. Like I need people who want to be employees because I need to hire people. But um, yeah, it was never about working for myself. It was because I just didn't have anything else. I literally had nothing else. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try this thing. And it just so happened to be having my own business. And mm -hmm. here we are. Huh. It, it's funny because even you who... You train people on subconscious. You basically help people master their mindset and help others do the same thing. And you certify them in that. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to weave this in because I feel like it's a good thing to chat about. But even you have those moments of stress and doubt. And I see them. Mm -hmm. And you see them in me. And everyone has them. Like they're completely normal things to experience. I feel like there's, sometimes there's this illusion that people who who do these things just have it all figured out oh yeah no, like no way. i'm so confused every day every and that's kind of day. why i love working for myself though but yeah but you like recently have really um it seems like you've you've really beat it again of course as you always do but it'd be interesting to hear what kind of switched in your head around all of this stuff um that's made you feel more confident again and how'd you get out of that slump of feeling yeah. fear about trying something hard just... well it was just for me so the past it's mostly better now but the past year and a half I've had really bad anxiety to the point that I like physically feel it so the only way that I can explain it is when you get that nervous feeling in your stomach and you get that like tang of like adrenaline and you can feel that physical feeling in your stomach when you're like nervous and it lasts a split second mm -hmm. I was getting that once a minute every single day every single minute for like a year and a half it would just wow. we just that and I didn't realize what it was but um I, I honestly thought like one of my organs was broken or like something was off in my brain I didn't know what it was and then like a few months ago I kind of thought about it and was like oh wait I think that's anxiety I think that's what anxiety is. And then I was having a conversation with my friend and she said the same thing. Um, so that's when I started. I didn't go to a doctor. I don't have a health card here. So like, I mean, I don't like paying for a doctor, but I was like, I'll do what I can naturally to help sort it out. So that's when I started taking vitamin D and other kinds of things to help. And that, those things really helped lift the mood and like just help me clear my mind. I felt like I was in a brain fog. And honestly, I think it started, it was the trauma, like a trauma in quotation marks here of leaving Canada and going back to Australia one time, like when I really didn't want to, like I was, mm. I just didn't want to do it. 
even like getting emotional now, but like it was when Sean and I had just started dating and I was like, I don't want to leave. And that just gave me like all of this anxiety about going home. And um, anyway, yeah, I started taking vitamins and that really helped like lift the fog so that I could start taking action and realize that I had let the anxiety dictate what I would and wouldn't do. I made it mean that I shouldn't take action. I made it mean that I was scared. I made it mean that I was going to fail. I made it mean all these things. And yeah, like it was when that cloud lifted, that fog lifted that I could really like go internal and see that I had just been like letting thoughts and feelings that weren't based on truth dictate what I was doing and not doing. And then that really helped create the shift. And then honestly, reading the David Goggins book was like also like kicked me into gear a lot too. Cause I was like, I am a wuss. I be a little bitch. Um, and yeah, but I mean, taking it back to what you were, why you started this conversation is that we all have those times. Like, even though I am trained in hypnosis and NLP and like all of these mindset tools, like I still have a, a mind that deals with the normal human experience. Like we're not meant to not feel anxiety or not feel fear or not feel scared or not feel doubt. Those are all normal. They are all part of the human experience and you cannot delete them. You cannot get them away. Like they are there to stay. That is like, you know, I really think that God or whoever or whatever you want to say, like put those, gave us these experiences intentionally to help us become who we become when we get through them. We're not meant to run away from them. We're meant to get through them so that we can look back and say, oh, wow, I did that thing. I did it. And I was scared of it. like every single day. I don't want to have a fucking cold shower. I fucking hate it, but I do it and I freeze and I fucking hate it. But afterwards I'm like, oh, I did that hard thing. I did it and I got through it, even though I hated it. And yeah, I just, even though I'm trained in all these things, like I still, I still have those, those times and I'm grateful that I do have those tools like NLP and hypnosis and the self-awareness to be able to go inwards and say, okay, what is my brain doing right now? Like break it down into steps. What is my brain doing? What is this thing, this belief that pops up? that stops me from taking action? What am I saying to myself in that moment? How am I feeling? And then go in and shift it, make that feeling a little bit different, move it somewhere else, make it smaller, take the image in my mind that my brain is making and make that smaller, move that further away. And those are the tools of NLP that help me shift those things on a daily basis. They're small shifts, but they make a huge difference. Yeah, wow. That that's literally it. It's just little, it's, it's like, if you consider life, this, you want it to be this, the more you just like slowly work. And if you fall from here, you're going to just fall back. Like most people will like try to do it like this. And they want that shortcut. They numb the emotions. They numb. It's like, I, I, I think to sum it up for me, it was like, I, I coined this phrase for myself, which was coexist with the chaos. And I suppose I spent, uh, yeah, I spent so much time running like, and everyone feeds the flame to say, yeah, you need to run away from those kind of people. You need to do all this stuff. Is that in there? Oh, (laughs) go keep, keep going. But I wrote down one of the things I wanted to bring up was 
funny enough, once Brooks uh-huh. started rereading or reading Jordan Peterson, I was like, realized I want to re-listen to a few of the chapters. Nice. It's a powerful book. And one of them is Kate talks about chaos versus order. Oh yeah. And to have a good, meaningful life, you have to have a balance of chaos in your life and order in your life, things you can't control. And you're okay with that. And you let them be uncontrollable and the things you can control. And they bring you comfort when you need it. Exactly. And you said, be comfortable with the chaos. And I was like, <laughs> well, perfect. This is a great segue. So anyways, that's, continue that's your, continue your thought. Well, no, to go into that, like even like your story, it was like all we all come from different, obviously, backgrounds and stories and stuff. But we all are on this path now doing the same thing. We're all trying to figure ourselves out. And there is a pattern. And I think we're all realizing, oh, wait, that's kind of like similar to my thing. But then some people might look and say, oh, wait, like I never knew what I loved. I never knew that. Like you were saying, you didn't even know. Right. And then I think for me the biggest lesson that set me back, what what always set me back was when the chaos came, I would like listen to it. And that chaos is not just crazy people and toxic people. It's as simple as someone that you it's close in your life, giving you advice for that chaos saying, break up with that person. They're crazy. Just break up with them, man. It's like, it's easy. Just, just get rid of them or just block that person. Just quit your job. It's like, yeah, I, I it's like me saying, Sean, just do it. Like in a way, sure. That's just me being like, it's like a quick, brief, like easy fix button from my end of things. But from you just doing it might take 10 years. It might take 10 months, whatever. You know what I mean? So I always now take it as like, everyone is not like, even though I think the sky is blue, there's people who are going to literally convince me it's red. They're going to be like, no, like I know it's red. And that, and that's why like politics and religion, that's like the big battles of our time. It's because like, no, I know there's a God. No, there's definitely not a God. No, this world's hundred percent flat. No, it's completely round. Like it doesn't matter. You can always, and then the more you go into this side, it's, it's actually toxic to be on either end because you're, you're constantly putting all your eggs in one basket and you're not growing. You're just staying, you're stagnant. It's like, you're putting a spike in the ground. Like, no, this is it. Uh, I feel like I'm ranting, but like for me, catering to the chaos, is never a good idea, but coexisting with it is probably the best idea. At least someone for me where, as you know, I have a very chaotic life when it's like my career, my upbringing, I just look at the, it's a pattern. Like I was brought into a chaotic world. I was adopted. I went through divorce with my parents. I went through cancer with my mom. I went through changing schools six times. I went from not having any like real friends to like getting friends. And then um, then deciding I'm going to do a crazy career and like, I like videos. That's fun. Makes me feel good. I love the reaction people give me when they like what I do and they see themselves on it. That was awesome. And I just kept riding that wave and climbing, climbing, climbing. And it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. Even to this very moment, I love my life so much, but it is so chaotic. And if a, someone wants to know, Hey, Chris, how much money do you make? I'm like, ah, I don't know yet. Ask me at tax time. Or like, what are you doing tomorrow? I don't know. I check my to-do list. Like, what are you doing next month? I, I, I mean, I may have, like, I don't know. I'm basically, I go from like completely unemployed to so overwhelmed with work. And, and it's just, this, it's, just, it's an up and down. It's feast to famine. That's the freelance life. And I think when you have a taste of that, you realize, wow, I actually don't need to work for the man. I don't need to have this nine to five job that I don't like. And going back to what you said earlier, it's not about like 
oh, like everyone quit your jobs and start your own businesses. I think a lot of people can't. They just, they, they, they tell themselves they can't and they're comfortable with they can't, but they can if they want to. So it's as simple as like, what do you really like? Well, skateboarding. Well, there's no money in that. You're already just saying that you've manifested the downfall of that thought. And you're shaming. It's shame. It's like shame. Like, oh my, what would my parents think? What are my friends going to think? And like, I had that. I didn't even know I had that until like, I look back and I'm like, that's kind of like people like trying to, again, they're trying to love you. And they're trying to say like, look out for you, your best interest. That's what parents do. But parents who live by fear will not let their kids do things because they don't want, they, they want control for safety. And it's all out of, it's all out of love. It's never like usually a sinister. It's just ironic how when you let your kids skateboard, they're going to turn out better. Yeah. Oh man. I, I got a bit of a story here. I think I've told you this story maybe, but when I was younger, um, I feel like this is kind of sewering my parents a little bit, but whatever. My mom will probably hear this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't care. Sure like it's it is what it is. Um, I feel like when we were ch- children, that was kind of like when the world started going it just completely changed and it's never going to be the same. You can't even compare it to five years ago anymore. Like every five year chunk is going to be completely different. Yeah. Realistically. Um, and when I was younger, I was more into the idea of working for myself, doing some weird thing. Being a pro snowboarder was my thing at that point in time. And uh, I still, well, I don't really kick myself, but for a while I used to kick myself for not trying harder to do that instead of going, to university. Um, oh, someone's phoning me. Um, popular guy. Yeah. Oh, I got a very popular guy. Okay. <laughs> it's probably a spam call, anyways. It's all the fans calling in to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, my parents, they just grew up in that era where it was like, well, what's the most high paying, stable job? It's like a business job, a bank job, nine to five. And when Andy was becoming a videographer and some of my other friends were becoming photographers and I had some other friends just trying to start random businesses, I was always kind of told by them, Hey, like you can do that, but exactly what everyone told you, like if there's any money in that, like there's no money in that. There are big production companies that do all that stuff for people. And I flashed forward five, like a few years after that, after being told that, and I had a conversation with my parents about it. And it was kind of funny because they were like, yeah, the world is so different. You can't predict it anymore. But I was like, you know what? Wow. You know what? Realistically, my friends who all did that are doing better than everyone who didn't. They, they are doing better financially. They work less hours. They're healthier and happier. I was like, you like that. One of my clients right now is a guy who teaches karate. And he decided to open an online business for it, sell, giving away free online courses and then teaching people one-on-one classes. And he's, he makes more than a million dollars a year. Um, like there's just so much evidence out there now that you can really do anything. You, you just have to, some people hate hearing this. There's a lot of people in the mindset space who think, Hey, if I just think about this and I constantly do mindset work, my life, I will have my dream life immediately. And that's cool, but there you have to work hard. If you want an above average life, you have to have an above average work ethic 
and above average productivity. Yeah. Or at least above average IQ at being able to plan out all those things. Like, yeah. And I like to think of honestly, your buddy Shamir and Stefan, those guys, I've spent a little bit of time chatting with them um, more with Shamir than Stefan, I guess. But from the times that you have brought me around to uh, their events and, and whatnot, those guys are awesome, man. Like they're <laughs> so inspiring. I, I love just, I'm like grateful just to have even been around them in the, in the presence of getting to chat with them. Cause you talk to them and you realize they're passionate and they hustle and that oh, hustle. literally the recipe, like it literally was the recipe. Like that was when I clicked in my head. I was like, any, like they are exceptional people, but they just chose to do something abnormal. Like they, they chose, they chose early on. I'm going to be a rare specimen in this world of doing, of just exemplifying excellence. And it's just a choice at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, that was my, I, we're all doing tangents here, by the way, rants, no. are, rants are welcome. This is a podcast. Oh, good. I guess it is a podcast. <laughs> no, I think one thing I just thought of is like, when you're going, like when you, you have to, as a kid, naturally you are a creative, you are a creator. You're a, you're born a creative. You every, I guarantee I cannot unsee this anymore. Every human being was created to create. That is it. That's my full life motto that I'm not going to argue because it's just facts. And the facts are the kids who continue to create and that create can be anything. It doesn't have to be your all photographers and filmmakers or whatever, but like music, um, any, whatever it is you create when you are a child, that's all you know, and that's all you care about. And then it evolves into like more, you're old enough to buy that backpack of that movie, of that TV show. What are kids, they're not wearing Nike bags. If anything, they're wearing Nike backpacks in grade one because like a rapper they like or a musician wears it. So it's like, it's all media connected. And when I like Pokemon, it's like all these things you were when you're a kid. So there's somewhere along the line, which is school, the education system, where they, they put you in a box and it just sounds worse than it is, but it's just, it is a box and they tell you to walk in this line and then this line. And each of these boxes are, are classes. And then eventually you're an old enough to make your own decisions in high school a little bit. So you can do electives. So I was like, I hate math, but then everyone was like, well, you just got to do it. You got to work hard. You got to do it. And then you have all this talk of like, you got to work hard to succeed, but I hate working hard doing math and science, which is ironic because my mom's a scientist. And I was like, I like doing English. I actually liked it. And I have friends who are like, I hate English. I hate writing. I was like, I, so I ended up writing essays in my math class. And I would, my teacher would kick me out. He'd be like, Chris, if you're not going to do the work, you're going to go out. I'm like, okay. And then he'd come out and be like, Chris, you can't be doing that in my class. You got to pay attention. And I was like, I'll be honest, Mr. Appleton, I'm never going to use algebra, but I'm probably going to write something. And I stand by that comment because I was in the grade nine. And now I'm like, yeah, I love writing. I love reading. And I, I kind of knew at an early stage what to double down on. And now I'm realizing I'm reading, I'm writing more than I ever did in school. I'm reading, you know this, Sean, I'm reading all these books. Right now, my biggest thing is, yes, it's self-awareness, but now it's like it's evolving into like sexuality. It's evolving into like why we are the way we are. Why are we attracted to certain people? I'm going on a crazy bender with that. And it's like, I'm, that's a course I could have paid $30,000 for at university or I just do it. Cause we have YouTube, we have books, we have friends to talk to like this. So it's like, if you have that, when you're a kid, naturally you're told, this is the lane way. 
And you're conditioned naturally to do gym, math, science, algebra. You, you have the, the, the heavy hitter things. And sure, you need that. But there reaches a point, probably high school, where you should have a decision to be like, I don't want to do math. Because that's like frowned upon. It's like, no, screw that. I didn't even take French. I kind of regret, I regret that though. I regret that a lot. I had, it was just me being lazy, but I was like, French would have been cool if I could learn another language. And that's one of my like goals one day is to learn another language. But when you're a kid, it's way easier. But anyways, I think it's like knowing, and then you read an autobiography. I love how people like read Steve Jobs's book and they're like, wow, like I wish I could do that. I'm like, listen to what this guy went through. Everyone told him he was wrong for Apple. It's like, oh, we don't think the Apple store idea is going to work, Steve. Like everything that works so much now for from Apple was absolutely shit on. And there's just one example of millions of examples of like, oh, wait. So when the majority tells me to do something, but my gut says otherwise, my gut's right. It's like, yeah, it is because it's your gut. It's not their gut. So I don't know. That's like, I get passionate about this stuff because it's like my everyday. Yeah. I got a good segue here to a question. I actually wanted to ask both of you. Um, it might be a bit of a stretch of a segue, but stretch anyways, it out. <laughs> anyways. Um, so like Steve Jobs, perfect starting point here. He was just such a producer. I've really personally really been thinking a lot lately about producing versus consuming. Um, and noticing the huge difference in now growing my businesses that are growing quite quickly, how much I produce. Every day I go onto my computer, I sit over here at my desk, and I'm just producing, producing, producing. And whereas I feel like my life used to be revolved mostly around consuming. And I was trying to make the habit of producing more. That's what the whole Mindful Steward website was all about produce more content, learn how to just make a habit of being somebody who creates. Yeah. Um, and if, even with kids, you look at kids, they're inherently creative. They're doing, they're producing, they're doing, they're running around in the playground, they're playing in the dirt, they're grabbing sticks and making stick piles. They're like, yeah, literally, they're, they're producing, like even just activities running around, that's a form of producing, like you're doing, you're not like, you're not consuming and absorbing someone else's action. Yeah. And um, one thing that I've really, I've been really critical about social media. My first professionally published article was criti critically like accessing social media and what it does to people in terms of making external validation a habit and a need. Um, and that was seven years ago, man. That was so long ago. That was how I started the Mindful Steward. That was the very first thing I did was when I went, I had a job interview with Herschel Backpack Company for a marketing coordinator gig. And the guy, I was super grateful for this. I got rejected by everyone I applied to. That guy gave me a chance, hopped on a call and told me straight up, you're not getting the job, man. But it's because people are out there producing tons of stuff. They have so much to show for themselves. And I was in Costa Rica with Andy with a torn ACL, just learning how to surf and sitting around pondering my life, what to do next. This was right after university. And I was like, I'm going to write an article about the one thing I really think about a lot lately is, is social media really good for anybody? And I've really come to realize that all kinds of people use it differently. And it's not, it's not inherently bad. 
for businesses, it's good. There's a lot of people who it's, it's just comes down to optimizing your life. You optimize towards the things that bring you more of what you want more of. And you own a business, you share content. You get a lot of work from that because showcasing your work matters. Brooke gets most of her clients and the people who, ju- who choose to do training with her and get certified for her program through Instagram and social media. And I delete Instagram for weeks and months on end and just don't go on it. Yeah. But it's all serving the same purpose for us. Like we're just optimizing for what brings us more. And I think it's an interesting thing because there's a lot of people out there who talk about all the things they want to do and they have big dreams and big hopes, but they're on Instagram consuming. And they truly, you only have a certain amount of energy every week and every day. And if you choose to spend on something that doesn't bring you anything, that's questionable. <laughs> so, but it's really different when it's people who actually get something from Instagram and social media and TikTok. And it is kind of fun. I like going on Instagram. I think I'm a visual person. I love the inspiration, but it's about optimizing towards what brings me more happiness and joy. And you know what brings me more happiness and joy is hopping on my computer and thinking of cool companies to work with that end up paying me money remotely so that I can go and surf and make money and do the things that I want to do, which is remote work and run a remote company. So I'll just hand it off. Brooke, why don't you go first? And then, yeah, I want to hear your takes on this because you guys both, I've heard critical assessments of social media at times, but it's also not a bad thing for everybody. It really isn't. Mm. You want to hear what I have to say about social media? Yeah. Yeah. I, as a person who, social media, like Instagram is the way that people find me the most. This is what they tell me, Um, which like, I don't particularly enjoy wasting my time on social media and like spending and like sitting there for hours scrolling. I don't enjoy doing that. However, I do enjoy creating reels and making posts that people like and connecting with people and meet like I've made friends friends through social media um I love when people do find me on Instagram and um sign up for my program or ask me questions about business or whatever it is so I I don't have like a solid opinion on it on I don't think social media is the problem like Instagram isn't the problem it's a symptom of the way people are trained to get instant gratification and I mean it's probably reinforcing that instant gratification but also I think it reinforces a whole lot of other stuff that people like people don't think what they want to do is possible for them so that they have to live vicariously through other people so that they're using Instagram social media whatever for that People are using it to feel better about themselves and compare themselves to other people or to feel worse about themselves, to prove to themselves that that they suck, find evidence that they suck. Oh, there are all these other people that have more money than me, that are prettier than me, blah, blah, blah. So therefore, I I really do suck as much as I think I suck. Or they're using it to escape from their relationship or the job that they hate. Um, So Instagram, social media itself isn't the problem. It's how we use it and the intention behind it and like maybe if we learned to use it a different way 
maybe if we learned to create before we consume and people probably feel like they need permission to create they're like oh I'm not going to write something because I'm not a good writer oh I'm not very creative oh I don't even know what I would do like you know do anything it doesn't matter but do those things before you go and look on Instagram to see what other people are doing and that was my biggest thing with social media and like especially in my business like one of the biggest things that I have had to overcome is comparing myself to other people. Um, so that's definitely been like a huge thing for me. And I know it is for a lot of people is using social media, using Instagram as a way to compare yourself to other people. And um, I think we just have to learn to use it differently. But that said, like, I don't know that we ever will. Like, we probably aren't going to use it differently. And we can complain about social media as much as we want. We can complain about TikTok and Instagram but they're not going anywhere. They are literally not going anywhere. Like we have to learn to live with them now and, and we can be at our, our level of awareness and say, you know, use it differently, create more, but like, what are we going to do for other people who aren't at that same level? Like we can't just sit here and shit on it all and say, it sucks. It's really bad. People don't even know what they're doing. Like, what are we doing to help those people? Um, that's my, that's my rant. No, that's good. Well said. Yeah. I covered like I I I think the simplest way that I try and put it is it's literally it's literally a black mirror. It's a mirror and it's a black mirror and it reflects you. And if you don't know who you are, you're gonna get lost in the mirror. You're gonna see something that's not there, you're gonna wish something was there, and you're never gonna win because you're gonna just always see that reflection and never fully agree with it. And the people who see the reflection, they say, oh, that's just me. Okay, now I can have a goal and a purpose while using this device. There's a reason, I think it's like, I don't even know if this is a term, it might be, but like social media maturity. I just think it's like the same as like letting a five-year-old run around a grocery store and be like, hey, like, here you go, always open. And then the kid goes and gets ice cream every time. And then everyone's like, well, we got to get rid of ice cream because the kids go to the ice cream place all the time. But it's like, well, no, you're not going to get rid of ice cream. There's like another article today. I just read in the news, not read, sorry, well, I'm grandpa over here. Well, I'm back in time, but uh, it was about this uh, politician in Chicago trying to like get rid of video games. Like this has been an ongoing battle for decades of like kids and violence. And like, there's all these car uh, th- there's so much Grand Theft Auto literally literally in Chicago that this one senator is like, we got to get rid of Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> which is ironic. Oh. Mm-hmm. And it, But it just goes to show like, it's the same as like, oh, I'm addicted to porn, but uh, I, I, you know, the women need to stop posting bikini pictures. It's like, okay, well, like you, you have to figure out where you're at before you react to the world. Like the, the thing with the internet is it's a, it's the wild west. There's no rules and it's slowly becoming more regulated. But we just got the internet like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like really, like, like the millennials got to, to kind of be half in the door, half out. So we have that upbringing where we got to like, had to, we had to call our friends on the landline. We didn't have to like be in grade three and then have an iPhone. If I had an iPhone in grade three, I, I have no idea. I had to go to my neighbor's garage to sneak a look at a Playboy magazine and then run for our lives when he we thought he was coming. Like, it's like, you, you, you now I have the world's your oyster at any age. And that's why there's probably so many divorces and there's so many 
there's all so much more mental health. It's like people don't know who they are. They don't give themselves a chance to breathe. It's the same thing about drugs, like marijuana. It's illegal. It's bad. It's dope. And then years later, it's legalized. And now there's science behind it. And there's health benefits to it. Red wine. I don't know. We want to go as far back as like the time of Jesus. He drank red wine. It's like, okay, there's so much health benefits to that. But we abuse things. We pervert things because that's just human nature. We want to have control over everything. We want our cake and to eat it too. So there's my spiel on social media because at the end of the day, you just have to be mature in knowing who you are. And then you can like cater to the chaos. You can coexist with the chaos. You can still follow your friend who is a, you know, Instagram bikini model, but maybe just mute her stories because you don't need to see that. But if she's going to DM you about something important, you can do that. I, they literally give you the tools to do this too, which is funny. Like watching Instagram evolve as a platform has been so interesting to me because I remember fights about like the, the following page or like people would be on that page. Like you like, look at all these things. Look at what you liked. It's like, whoa, it's right there. I liked all those. I'm still suffer from this condition of liking everything as people know, but I, I'm just saying like it, now they removed it. And I, I looked into that deeper and there was like, there were people like killing, killing themselves. And there's people like, there's crazy shit happening because of they saw something on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's the power of the black mirror. That's the power of, if you really don't know yourself, this is the ultimate time in history to really fall flat on your face over and over again. But it's also the best time in history to numb yourself over and over again. To the point where you don't have to literally, you're not, not don't have to, you cannot leave your house. So now there's a reason, like I, I look at 2020 as like, honestly, one of the best years of my life for growth. But that was just for me while I had friends who were like suicidal and depressed. And, and I'm, I'm like, wait, like I'm so far on this side that the thought that people are on this side, I had to like really take a step down and be like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, like that's where we, this is how we live now. Like people don't, there there's so much less hope but there's so much hope if you just open your eyes like you can start that business that you're so depressed about it's just as simple as making that reel on instagram and then doing another one or it's just as simple as starting that podcast and talking like we are and then just posting it and just do another one if you like it you're going to do it again mm-hmm. yeah it's accessible now yeah i mean i'm of course not saying that people are all in the same situation of finances exactly. and opportunities. Like I would never say that. Um, but realistically, like if you wanted to start a company 20 years ago, you needed to have all these crazy startup fees because it was all physical. You needed to have an inventory. You needed to have a warehouse. You need to have a storefront. Yeah. It's so different from that now. Like the startup costs are a fraction of what they used to be. It has leveled the playing field out more. I will say that which is more like, it's just who's willing to do it. Who's willing to put their ass on the line. Like that's kind of has to become that. Well, that's like my industry because like the film industry entertainment was a boys club. It was like Hollywood. And if you wanted to make a movie, you had to shoot on film and like film these days are expensive. Film back then was like ridiculous. And you didn't have cameras. You had movie cameras with like these massive cinema lenses that were worth so like, you're never going to get that unless you know someone in Hollywood or you get to Hollywood. And now it's like, oh, I want to start a YouTube page. I want to start a YouTube channel. I have friends who just started doing filmmaking like two years ago and they're incredibly popular and busy and successful. And it's like, well, like 
there's people like me who just tediously over time just kept it keeps stacking up what I want and like in terms of just my own direction of life and then I had people who were like oh, I just quit my job last week and now I'm making a million dollars doing this I'm like wow what that's crazy that's so cool and it's like people need to remember like your peripheral there's gonna be money fame fortune success blah 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 but it's there if you just work hard at whatever it is you're working hard at but people always just go like this and they look to the side and say okay but how much I need to, I need to get, I get the money in order. So yeah, but like how popular, like, am I going to get verified? Like I need to, how many followers? Because no, okay. Algorithm. So now we start talking about algorithm. It's like, well, screw the algorithm. There's literally a whole generation of kids who just cater to the algorithm. That is TikTok in a nutshell. There's a reason TikTok is so addicting because it feeds dopamine more than porn and it validates you every time because you can make a post and literally become viral and get thousands of followers and millions of views. And imagine you're a 10 year old. That's what TikTok is. It's literal children doing what they know best, which is, I think I look good. So, hey, (laughs) and then it explodes because there's no boundaries and there's no repercussions for their actions. And then you look at the comments. It's crazy, man. It's like a Wild West thing. There's like it's it's a whole other world, but it, it makes sense. So. Yeah, it's just a matter of like going into that field and knowing what you're up against. And it takes maturity. I'm not saying you have to be like, you know, our age. I think a lot of people are maturing faster in a lot of ways if they are choosing to be. Um, It's all there. I don't know. It's a crazy time. (laughs) I got to dive into the TikTok comments and see what you're talking about. I haven't. Oh, it's scary and crazy. That's all it is. It's like everyone's on it. And it's like, wait, grandpa? (laughs) <laughs> what are you what are you doing on it like it's weird like seriously it's bizarre but well, it makes sense it's like the wild west of an app now mm-hmm. and it's not going anywhere there's oh, like, no. no way to avoid these things they're mm-hmm. just going to get bigger and bigger and more and more things are going to come out just like them and like oh it's life it's yeah. life now chaos don't run from the chaos coexist yeah. with it just learn yeah, to exactly. coexist with it that's it it's like also part of the human experience like just to say that this wasn't all intentionally planned as well as like a hurdle for humans to get through, to experience, to deal with more shit consciously. So we yeah. get through it to the other side and who are we going to become as individuals and as a species, a society on the other side of all of these things. Are we going to implode or are we going to get smarter and more mature? Like what's going to come of it? the sciences we're not even using our brain like we're not even physically using our full brain which at a scientific just baseline level just says it all it's like wait not really like if i if we were all wired up and having this conversation there'd be like half our brain is not even oh it's like sleeping so it just shows that there is so much room for us to grow as a species and this is just the first time in history where i think everyone's just exploited you can't hide there's no room for error in a lot of ways. And I think that's the fine tuning right now. So there's like cancel culture and there's people like yeah. there's, there's really no forgiveness, I think, but that's because like, if you give a kid a, it's the same thing. You give a kid a gun and say, Hey, that guy, remember he bullied you? It's like, yeah, yeah. Boom. Like, Whoa, Whoa. You just killed the kid. Yeah. But like it, it's this weird disconnect where you need to be mature to operate that kind of weapon, but everyone has the weapons. They just don't know how to operate. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is going to lead to, as a species, as we evolve maturity, starting at a much younger level, like the level of maturity is going to increase 
because we're just gonna we're like being forced to when we do yeah. all of these tools that are being used as weapons you know mind weapons whatever you want to call them physical weapons but we're going to be forced to mature so that we don't kill each other i i mean the matrix is happening it's happening 100%. <laughs> like it, it actually is going to happen. I've invested in earth too. <laughs> like it's there. And it's funny how, yeah, I think there are going to be literal babies, infants who are like much more mature in ways physically and mentally than we were. And there's going to be the opposite where they're so far gone. And like things are like, I think the extreme of both ends, it's like right now, like our, we're, we're getting stretched on two spectrums. It's like the immaturity and the maturity the people who are mature, it's like we have Elon Musk and we have people who are like, like Jordan Peterson and like they're changing the world. And then we have people who are just completely trying to ruin that. Um, and that's just humans. But it's just because we have technology and we have this platform where we can talk wherever we are in the world at any given time to whoever we want. People have become disposable. And I think that's the issue at the root of it all with social media and relationships and even business mentality because, oh, it's just, you know, I'll just start another business. I'm like, I don't even, I'm not, I'm bored. Everyone's bored. Everyone's, if you say you're bored, it just says a lot about where you're at because like, what's bored? I don't even know what being bored is. Being bored, it just means like you're kind of trapped in your own head, I think. And it's like, I'm scared. That's what I hear. I mean, not to go crazy, but it's like, if you're bored, like pick up a book, call a friend, like go for a walk, write something, take a shower. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's a mental blockage. So I think like now we just have an opportunity for us as creators to create and make art and make life meaningful to more people. Awesome. Well, that's a good <laughs> closing statement. Um, any final questions? No, I'm good. I think that was a great, great chat. Yeah. That was a good little chit chat, guys. That was I good. Hope it wasn't too off topic, but <laughs> no, that was perfect. You got to just flow wherever these conversations take you. You know, fair. But that's a hey. Just figure yourself out. Figure who you are, and then you'll figure out your business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Why would that. you invest in a company you don't like doing just because it's money? Well, it's not sustainable. Just because there's clout, it's not sustainable. Do you love it? Do it because you can. You literally can do it. Everyone can do whatever they want right now. It's 2021.